Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I have a hard time sleeping with someone right away because I know if I do it, I'm, yeah. a t- I'm in love. Literally, <laughs> like, I literally, have sex. I'm like, I, I'm like, I <laughs> will marry you. <laughs> I have sex and I'm like, is this love? It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting with me, your host, Violet Benson, the big sister you didn't want or ask for but need. <laughs> Previously known as Too Tired to Be Crazy, in case you guys are still adjusting to the name change. No, it's not a brand new show. It's literally the same podcast, just a brand new name and hopefully a brand new me as I keep growing as a person. I hope so. I'm not sure. Anyway, let's get started. So today I have my amazing guest, Nicole, back from Tuesday. If you guys didn't get a chance to catch up with Tuesday's episode, that's right. I gave you a bonus episode where it's a 15-minute episode where I teach you with Nicole everything you need to know about NFTs and crypto, kind of making you an expert real fast. So next time you're going out with a crypto dude, you don't sound quote unquote stupid or you actually know what you're talking about. So definitely check it out. This week is kind of the week where we are finally starting to dive in where you'll be getting six episodes a month instead of four. So it was kind of my tester for you guys to slowly get into it as we are about to roll into May. May is going to be a very special month. It's all around mental health. So I'm really excited for that. If you guys want to DM me and let me know any special guests you want to have on for mental health month of May, that'll be amazing. But as you know, there's like a whole structure with almost adulting and we're slowly getting into it. I still have a few things that haven't happened yet that I'm planning to happen for the podcast. We're finally falling into the structure. So we have that new new topic every month. This topic we're, we're um, ending with everything around business. So I hope you enjoyed this month as today is going to be the last episode around that. And then next month, all about mental health. And aside from that, we also have the structure of like the pop culture. One other thing that I'm hoping will come into May or June is the fact that I am dedicating a whole episode around you guys once a month. That's another thing that I'm slowly trying to roll into. But I am excited that we're finally rolling into six episodes a month instead of four. Who knows? Maybe I'll even start giving you guys eight. So then you'll be sick of hearing my voice. But hopefully that never happens because then I would have to find a new job and I have feet the only mother could love. So I know... I will never have a career or a future at only feet. Yeah, I have toes that go all different directions. It's literally like they used to be friends. And then one day they just decided to unfollow each other on Facebook. They don't speak and they just all go in different directions. That's how I would describe my toes. And if you're curious why they look that way, I would say I was born with it. But also I've broken my feet like a million times from just tripping, which is a very real thing because of my height, I'm 5'8", 
I happen to still have very small feet and very small hands. The 10% of the men listening to this, don't get too excited if you have a small penis, I still won't date you, but men love that I have small hands. But anyway, I have very small feet. I'm like six and a half to seven in my um, size and shoes. And because of that, it's hard for me sometimes to balance myself. It's a real thing. So like when it comes to climbing mountains, not for me. I will not be able to balance and I will fall. At least I'm self-aware of this and I'm aware of my flaws. That's one of them. So I trip a lot sometimes because it's hard for me to hold myself, not to mention I have gigantic titties. So even harder to balance. Yeah, it's a real thing. In other news, I recently decided to quit birth control. It's been a really interesting month. I still have not gotten my period, but I've been experiencing everything before you get a period. I think not enough women talk about the experience of that. I got on birth control for hormone imbalance, and that was almost 16 years ago. So this is one of the first times I got off of it. I tried to get off birth control a couple of years ago. I forget, five to six years ago. And I tried to get off birth control at the same time I was trying to wean off of a bad breakup. And on top of that, also, I was getting off of Adderall. So getting off of all those three things, I was completely not in a good mental state. It's actually where the episode came from uh, called uh, I Don't Want to Be Sad Anymore, which will be played again in May. So you get to hear it because it's all about mental health. But I, it was, again, I sunk into really bad depression. I gained 20 pounds because I tried to do all three things at once. And unfortunately, because of that, I, went, I got back on birth control and on Adderall because I, I was going through too many withdrawals. So this time I'm trying to go around all of that thing slowly. For one, I'm not dating any men right now. <laughs> so mentally, I'm hoping for the best. Um, number two, I am just focusing only getting off of birth control. So far, I've had back pains, really incredibly bad back pains. My nipples were really dry at one point. I thought I was pregnant, but then I'm not. And now they're back to not being dry and they're normal, but then they were overly sensitive, which was insane because I haven't felt a sensation in my breasts since they started growing when I was 12. I literally have no sensation. So it's really interesting and I think something that a lot of us women don't talk about, about the hormone changes of what we go through, getting on birth control and then getting off of it. Luckily, I think I happen to be on a low dose. So maybe that's why it's not that bad, but I can't tell. My hormones felt like they were all over the place. I'm still researching and trying to find different vitamins for me to take in exchange for the vitamins that I was getting from birth control. My boobs have not gotten smaller yet. But also I wouldn't mind if they went from triple D to double D. I do have back pains every day, which sucks. But I'm hope I think it's because I'm supposed to get my period. I've been feeling bloated. My hormones did feel all over the place at one point, but I was also talking to a boy that was really annoying me. So I wasn't sure of the correlation, which one it was because of. Oh, by the way, someone mentioned, this is funny. I actually want to bring this up really quick. Someone made a comment in one of the reviews I read about because when I snort when I laugh, it makes me sound very childish or something about my speech. Let me clarify something for someone who's not understanding of it. First of all, one, English is my third language. So I'm pretty sure whoever wrote this review, English is their first language. So they forget that not everyone is a great English speaker like them. Second of all, I have a speech impediment. So as much as I do my best to speak proper English for the American listeners out there who are snobbish about anyone that doesn't speak English properly, I'm doing my best. But maybe, you know, maybe you learn more than one language. And third of all, I snore when I laugh, not to be cute, 
I just can't breathe from my nose. <laughs> and it's just how I laugh. I don't know how to fix it. And if it bothers you how I laugh, I got news for you. It's so crazy. But there are so many other podcasts out there that you can listen to. It doesn't have to be mine. I don't think I'm going to stop smiling and laughing just because it bothers somebody because I snort. I think I'll probably keep snorting till I'm 80 years old when I laugh because that will make me feel young again at heart. So just want to make that comment. Anyway, I will keep you guys posted about my journey through weaning off of birth control. And I think more women should talk about it. As for pop culture, let's briefly get into it as I've already spoken for eight minutes. Oh yeah, I had the best weekend. I forgot. Saturday was also amazing because I did an escape room with my friends. That was so fun. I'm so competitive. I had the best time. We were only four people, one of them being my agent, one of my agents, and it was so funny. Me and my friend Christian were very competitive, and then the two other girls weren't as competitive as us. So as we're doing this, I was trying to get some code or something, and my agent was not doing a good job, and I accidentally blurred out, you guys, you know what, you guys, I feel like this room is getting a little crowded. Should we spread out? <laughs> and like, there was nowhere to spread out and it was basically me just trying to hint like get the fuck out of the room so I can have room to figure out this puzzle and everyone looked at me and started laughing <laughs> because it was so obvious and then I felt so bad obviously I apologize but no one took it personally and then Sunday was also super fun because I went to this thing called Rage Room my friend planned out for 20 people we went and we broke things and after that, we it was this other room after breaking things where you throw axes or something into a wall or a target thing. It was so much fun to the point that I accidentally injured my hand from hitting things too hard. So clearly some inner range I need to work through. <laughs> In other news, last week, Sophia Ritchie got engaged to a man by the name of Elliot Grange. For anyone who doesn't know who Elliot is, because I know I didn't, Elliot is the founder and CEO of the record label 10K Projects. So now we have Courtney got engaged and then Sophia, who's much younger than me and is already engaged. So at least one of us has achieved something that I, for some reason, can't. But Scott Disick was making jokes about how he's good luck Chuck or whatever. But I really think, if anything, it's more like dating a man like Scott shows you how thankful you are when you finally meet someone that does treat you well, that does care about you. But again, I'm not in those relationships, so I don't really know what happens when they date a man like Scott, but maybe I should date this guy <laughs> because all these girls seem to find love right after dating him. So maybe I should give him a call. I don't know. Uh, also, speaking of the Kardashians, Kim just posted some pictures of the past couple of days promoting skims. And I think that girl is glowing. She looks amazing. But with any Kardashian picture, there's always those comments about that she's photoshopping herself, which A, I'm sure she is, who isn't. But I'm going to make the argument in her sake that, in my opinion, is just her looking super happy because she's finally dating a man that treats her right. And also, I don't think it hurts dating a man that allegedly has a 10-inch dick. And I heard that's actually true. <laughs> in other news, this is very important for me to mention. I need to discuss this. I need to bring this up. As you know... Most of pop culture things or most things that happen with celebrities, I'm not aware of because I don't really keep track unless I'm specifically talking about it. I was not aware at all about what's happening between Ember Heard and Johnny Depp. I knew nothing about it. It's never been, I've never been, I just never cared about other people's lives. Celebrities or not, I just don't care. I'm just taking naps. That's my favorite thing to do or doing puzzles or playing chess. But 
Daddy Issues, my main meme account, I was following Ember on it for years. I didn't realize that she was only following 50 people, me being one of them. And then she posted something on her Instagram. Again, I had no idea what's happening. She posted something and I just commented a heart. I had no idea the only people she follows can comment on her Instagram post. So then ends up being just five comments on this post where she's talking about going to court. So my bad, I didn't read it. And then I started getting a lot of attacks from a lot of people on all my different accounts, just like DMs about, I can't believe you would support Amber Heard. And then people harassing me in my DMs, people harassing me in my comments on my pictures. And I have like five different social media accounts, like on all, on all of them. And first, I wasn't really giving much attention. I didn't know what anyone was talking about. And I was just assumed it's really crazy fans that are just obsessed with taking sides between a breakup until one of my friends texted me and she goes, dude, I can't believe you're supporting Amber Heard. And I go, what are you talking about? Why is everyone so obsessed with it? And she goes, are you joking? Like, are you stupid? Are you not seeing the, the court, what's happening right now and the trial? And I'm like, what trial? And that's when I finally looked into it. And then I finally got more into it and I saw, obviously immediately deleted my comment. I unfollowed Ember. I'm not here to bully anyone. I, I'm, I don't know other people's relationships. I'm not here to take sides. But one thing that I will say is that when it comes to domestic violence, it's never okay. Whether a man hits a woman or whether a woman hits a man, there's no justification. Obviously, there's a few times where you're, you're hitting someone because you are in danger or you're defending yourself. I'm talking about those other times. It's never okay. I would never support any type of abuser. I think a case like this is a great time to showcase and to give people, a lot of men out there, the freedom to talk about if they're victims of this. Because I think a lot of men don't talk about it when they're in abusive, physically abusive relationships, because it's kind of, I think in the past has been joked about or looked down at and as if like, well, a woman can't, like, it's a woman hitting you, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Like it is. No one should be using physical violence in general in order to prove a point or to make a point or to have someone fear you. That's not how relationships work. So yeah, this court stuff has been all over social media platforms right now. So obviously you don't need me to recap it. People has kind of been showing Johnny Depp doing his best with just making jokes here and there. Obviously at this point, that's all he can do. Making light of the most weirdest things like it was weird for me. I couldn't fathom it. I think I was even talking about it with my father. Just how can a small little woman like this actually beat the shit out of somebody? I can't, I couldn't see it. And then, you know, what goes through someone's brain to shit on someone's bed and then blame it on the dogs? It's so laughable because it doesn't seem true, but it is. And that's, it's hard to wrap your, your mind around it. I do hope that this can open the conversation more about domestic violence and how it can happen to not just women, but also to men. And hopefully it will help a lot of victims out there to come forward. So that's that. Okay, well, let's get started with this amazing, beautiful episode. And before we get started, I just want to tell you guys, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's start. <laughs> Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, you guys, like I said, Nicole is going to be coming back for another episode after we covered NFTs. Now we're going to talk about just women in the workplace and also for dealing with relationships. So thank you so much for coming back on. And here's part two. Moving forward from NFTs and crypto, beyond the interview, that's how she kind of started. And from that, she was able to kind of gather people together and she did the um, clubhouse. She started getting together large speakers on clubhouse and she was getting hired really good money to do that. And then from that, she got into the NFT space. Like she's very smart with those things. She got into NFT space and then she basically does all the marketing in the project she believes in and she gets the word out in order for the before the collection drops. So again, super smart woman in business, constantly reinventing herself, and she's making <laughs> to the not to jinx her bank, which is make, it bank making good money? You're making really good money. I'm making way better money than I was making in journalism. It's yeah. really wild how people forget where they were a year ago sometimes, and it's always like we always want more. That's a lot of I, hard work. You know what? You know what it is. I'll tell you what it is, and you will understand this. I think I grew up with so many people who had an obscene amount of wealth mm -hmm. and then trust fund kids. So to me, it's like. No, but it's also you got you know, used to it. And I got so used to it. Yeah, which is right sad, before, but I am grateful. No, because right before you got into this, when you told me the potential of what you can make to do these events, and then you made some comment, I will not even work an event unless I was, I, I, unless they're offering me blank amount. And I was like, holy shit. And now you got so used to it that suddenly you're like, okay, what's next? How can I make more money? Why don't we, I think what's important in general, and I, I forget who made this speech at a university that's really popular, is that what a lot of successful people forget to do is to take a second and just be like, I'm so thankful for what I'm getting right now. I'm so thankful for the position I'm at right now because I used to pray for this. I used to ask yeah, for this. Yeah. And now here I am sitting here being like, what else? What's next? What's more? then one day you're just going to die and you're never going to take a moment to appreciate everything you have. Yeah, right when you said that, I thought, and I think I said, I was like, you know what? I am grateful though, because right. it's so true. You prayed for this. Now you have it. Yeah, I prayed for it. Now I have it. Now we just got to, <laughs> there's some other things we want. Yeah, of course. We're always going to yeah. want more, but it's like, I have those moments. Like No, I just mean like outside of money, like, you know, we did this. Now it's like in our personal lives. Like yeah. for me, family and kids is important. Yeah. So stuff like that. No, I agree. But even when you came to my house, and I just told you, oh, I signed the contract for blank yesterday. Oh, and, and you, you and were I was like, like that's amazing. And, and I you're sat like, there. I was like, it's whatever. Because I, I did think in my brain, I know other people are making more than me for this. And like, and I was like, I don't know what's happening with it. It's whatever. Like, bro, that was on my goal list for this year. Yeah. And, and you I hit got it. it. And I was just like, I had no reaction. I wasn't, I was, I'm excited, but I'm just like, okay, that's more work. Well, like that's how my brain was working versus taking a moment and being like, 
I fucking got this contract. Like I had it on my goal list and like, I'm so excited, I'm so happy for myself. Cause I think I don't have anyone to share my excitement with. I kind of have to, I kind of- Do you not? My parents teach me to keep everything to myself. So then- Is it, is it because they think, cause then we call it Chesh, like evil eye? Yes. That. Is that? Mm -hmm. We have that too. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like that's so, it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> It is because you kind of and so then I kind of keep it to myself. So then I feel like a lot of times I don't even have that. You don't excitement. even get to I'm kind of like share it with someone. I'm like, OK, and celebrate it. Yeah. And it's it's such a habit. Like the minute you said it's so exciting automatically, I was like, oh, I mean, it could be better versus being like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, we should all work on that. That is important. Do you think do you think it could be a harmful thing that we are taught? And in this case, we were both taught that maybe people won't be happy for us yeah but it's also a woman thing when we're overly modest and i've talked about this now in uh one or two episodes this month about how women need to learn to have the confidence of a mediocre man in business because they walk and that's the truth a lot of times in business it just happens to be men is yeah nothing about the different sexes but they have so much confidence. Oh, what are you up to right now? Oh, I'm I'm killing it. This and this. And look at us walking around like, yeah, it could be better. Then you're like, okay. Like the other day I was actually, I uh, saw this guy's penis and I thought it was great. And then I said, this is a bad example because he's also a guy, but here's an example. And I said like, <laughs> oh, you have a really nice penis. What do you usually, like, what do you, like, what's the size? Like, what do you think the size is? And he goes, I, I don't know. It's like average or below average. And I'm just like, it's, it's literally not below average, but when he said that afterwards, I was thinking, fuck, maybe it was below average. Maybe I was wrong because I thought it was big. But the minute oh he even God. made that comment, I was like, yeah, maybe he's right. So that's what I mean about confidence. It's important. If you don't value yourself or you think you're, oh, I'm not that great, then people are going to walk around like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're not that great. You want to know something? Mm -hmm. You met Rembrandt. Yes. So when I met Rembrandt and I would watch the way he operated, he would get on the phone and he'd be like, I'm a beast okay? <laughs> i love that he's also an aries yeah and and i'm just like why I'm, I'm like should i be saying that yeah and i did no but that's the thing it's like i still think about it. i'm like okay i'm gonna say it but i'm not gonna say it in like an arrogant way like i i still think like that but but you know what i started saying it and it did actually land me some pretty cool jobs I'm, like it I, I i told people i'm like look I'm the right person to hire to hire for your Twitter space. You you're gonna want at your IR relevant what in real life event whatever. I'm like I'm a beast. Ooh ooh. I love that exactly. <laughs> and it's crazy that sometimes we'll try to put it. it th there is a thing in social media in general now where it's if you are really confident, people don't like it, whatever. But we're talking about business. And in business, I wanna work with you if you look like you have to, a lot to offer and you believe in yourself, then I'm gonna work with you because I, now I believe in you. If you don't believe in yourself, then why the fuck would I believe in you? Yeah, and why would I pay you? Exactly. Yeah. If someone told me I'm a beast, I'd be like, yeah, I'm hiring that person. Yeah, exactly. So I had to learn that. Yeah, you definitely took you. We've had a million conversations though throughout the years about not that you you weren't confident ever, but about being more outspoken on like asking for what you want and not being shying away from quote unquote acting not modest. And boundary setting. And boundary setting. Yeah, we've talked about that too. You've talked about in the past how being called quote unquote family 
can be a manipulation tactic. How might companies that say we're like a family, quote unquote, are manipulating their employees? So the reason I think it's manipulative and it wasn't just job, it was like also friends when you meet them right away, if you hear it right away. Oh yeah, that's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, or like I've had friends tell me like, you know, I have a really bad relationship with my family. So my friends are like family to me, then like really quickly start asking me for stuff. So jobs do this because they want you to feel indebted to them, like you owe them your time. So they say stuff like that so that you'll commit more to that job. Ooh. So you'll commit more of your time, more of your energy. You'll work overtime. You're like, this is like a family. Yeah. We're, we're, we're growing together. It's like, okay, then give me give more vacations yeah or give me more money you're like yeah, if you're my dad yeah, then i want yeah, more allowance up, daddy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah and i love that with friends that's so true because then you do feel indebted to the friends as well if you like you're my only family that is manipulating i then i had a friend who did that to me just i had a friend who did that to me who constantly would like be like you're like a sister to me you're like a this and then would like ask me for my contacts. Can you put me in touch with this person? Can you help me with this? And after a while, it was like this. First of all, this is not a two way street. This isn't a friendship. This is me just. Yeah. 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 It didn't feel good. That is very true, though. Work wise, that is true. It's like this is a fan. Another thing that pe employers uh, do. Well, which actually this is beneficial, though, for employees. A lot of times not raise is not always everything for a lot of people sometimes it's a title so if you're an employer and you're listening if you're unable to offer your employee a, more money then for some of them the title is what matters if if the environment doesn't feel like a family and also the money is whatever is the title like for me at one point i remember I was working some job where i have such a big ego as a leo <laughs> as a fake leo born in november for me, I needed a title change. So being changed from bookkeeper to accountant was very important for me for my resume. And even though I couldn't get the, the raise, the title made the biggest difference and that's why I stuck around. So that's one thing for employers listening. Titles do make the biggest difference if you're not able at that moment to offer the raise or whatever. It yeah, is that's needed. a really good point. That's yeah. a really good point. I wanted to be like director of social media when I was yeah. doing Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. So something to think about. Okay, this is a really big deal. So one thing that's been really hard for me after leaving public accounting is that when i was in big companies it was very important for me to have mentors and they're around and i would always get a mentor for myself that kind of guided me and the problem is when you get out of so a mentors are very important and nicole will tell you in a second why they're important but then me getting out of that type of environment where it's the nine to five and there's a whole hierarchy where i can keep growing I stopped seeking mentors and I feel like in a really bad, in, in a way, it backfired. It's not helpful for me. Like I always wish, and I have these conversations with Nicole where I'm every couple of months where I'm like, shit, I wish I had a mentor and I don't know how to find one because it's in my, in entertainment now, it's kind of hard. So do you mind letting me know? Because you're really big with mentors. What is a mentor? And A, how do you find one? Okay, a mentor is somebody who guides you and gives you advice as you navigate through life so here's the one thing people think they have to go and find someone and be like will you be my mentor you don't even need to do that 
Yeah. Like if someone's already regularly giving you advice, they are your mentor. So how do you get them to do that? Yeah. Okay. So for me, my mentor, and I like, I say this so proudly, is Chris Voss, the FBI hostage negotiator. He wrote the book. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. He's all about negotiating. It's like really good and he gives the best advice. Yeah. Incredible. And I know he's been on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, but the thing is, you have to understand that people are thinking of themselves. So if people are thinking of themselves, you can't just go to someone and be like, hey, will you be my mentor? Because they're going to be like, I'm not wasting my time on you. Exactly. So here's what happened with him. I needed to get out of, I needed to um, negotiate something and I didn't know how to do it amicably. I'm like, who can help me with this? Mm-hmm. And the my I saw the commercial. I was like, oh my God, this guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I aim for the stars yeah you know but so I'm you like, didn't know him that's crazy okay I, but i was like what does he need that i can help with wait you guys i literally taught this in one of the episodes about how to get a yes from someone you have to figure out what they want yeah okay and that's what you can give okay them, so go on. yes okay so you're giving good advice on this podcast i try anyway i'm like what does this guy need and i i look at like his social media and then i realize I don't think his Instagram is good enough. Seriously. Yeah. Like it's not reflective of who he is. Best-selling author, one of the most popular master classes. Everyone's obsessed with it. And so I told him and he's like, okay, whatever. He like kind of dismissed it. And then he made a spelling error in one of his posts. And I'm like, hey, you misspelled like this word. Did you mean to do that? And he goes, you're not going to give up, are you? And I go, no, but not because I want your money. And he goes, okay, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. We did a Zoom call. I told him how I could make his Instagram better because I've been doing Beyond yeah. the Interview for a long time. So I know what kind of, what posts do well and what doesn't do well. Okay. So I, I told him that and then he's like, okay, well, yeah, this sounds really good. What do you want? And I go, I need help with this negotiation. And I told him what it was. And he goes, he goes, okay, yeah. Two weeks of social media and I'll help you with that. Wow. Two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And he would like train me on, we would go on Zoom calls and he would train me. And then I would practice the stuff with my parents. It was crazy. And so after that, negotiation handled. I learned so much. Yeah. The guy's a beast, actual beast. And and after that, I started getting popular on Clubhouse and I told him, hey, we should do a Clubhouse room for you. Would you be open to doing that with me? First room, 6,500 listeners. Which is a lot for Clubhouse. Which it was the maximum. And then yeah. someone had to do an overflow room where they did they put one cell phone next to another cell phone and there was a, an overflow room for the people who couldn't get into to that room. Wow. And then we started doing it regularly. I was the main show I was the main show host and we just started working together and I would always ask him advice. And then I said to him one day, I was like, You realize basically you're my mentor. So, you know, you kind of like... Yeah, you do have to let them know. Yeah, and, and by the way, I didn't even have to say that. I also just wanted it because I wanted to be able to say that to everyone because yeah. I also wanted more people to help me. And here's something. 
men will compete. Men will compete. So when I that tell, is true. when I tell an, a powerful man, Chris Voss is my mentor. I've had some of them be like, hey, let me take over mentorship for they do it's, stuff like that. It's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. No, it's honestly crazy because I used to think getting a mentor so hard, but we forget a lot of these people in power. They also got to, they love talking about themselves. That's also and they how I love telling people what to do. Literally. That's literally how I told you guys in that one of my last episodes, solo episodes about how to score in an interview. It's kind of the same thing. You forget that these people love talking about themselves. Here's another really good quote. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. He might've said this on your podcast, but he said it to me and I never forgot it. Never take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. It's like, sometimes we ask or like, single friends who are complaining all the time for advice by the way that's fine if they're giving you advice based on patterns that they've noticed i'm not against that yeah i'm not against asking my single friends for advice however i would encourage people more to go talk to a married couple that has been together for a long time and ask them about what got you guys closer? Yeah. How did you actually develop into intimacy? What were some conflicts? What are you laughing about? Because well, I give dating advice and I'm single. So you guys, <laughs> do not take this advice. But no, my but, advice no, hold on, comes hold on. from to books. To be fair, to be fair. My advice comes from books. Hold on. Yes. No, not just books. I already said it. And, and this is why it's okay to get advice from Violet Benson. <laughs> okay. You're, you are able to recognize patterns. Oh, yes. And I said that earlier about the NFT things where you knew how to make the okay, right fair, decision. Fair, fair. So you're not like a single person who's just like giving advice based on, you know, dumb stuff. You actually do the research. Yeah. You recognize you. the patterns and then you give advice. Okay, so don't tune out. Don't tune out. So don't, <laughs> no, that's, I'm not saying that. But yeah, someone who's like complaining all the time, I'm not going to go ask them how to get close to someone when they're not doing research or, or learning or yeah. being curious you're a curious person it's i'm different. very curious okay another question is how do you set boundaries and stand up for yourself at work if someone's being disrespectful you don't get angry you don't get emotional or anything like that you just say I'm not interested in being spoken to like that. Yes. I actually gave that advice afterwards because Nicole taught me that. And it's basically, well, there's two things that you can say to someone. That one's my favorite. And I've, and I've, I've done that to somebody. I love saying it. You know how I learned it? It was said to me. And when it was said to me, I was like, wow, this girl is calm. She didn't insult me. She didn't say anything. She was just letting me know. I'm not being down. I'm not down with you speaking to me like that. And I knew if I Period. did that again, that she wouldn't be my friend. Because when you lose your cool, that's when you lose. That's the truth. That's when you lose. Yep. So when someone speaks to you disrespectfully and then you calmly approach them, you get closer, you look them in the eye and you say, I'm not interested in being spoken to like that. And nothing else like mic drop. Yeah, it is a mic drop. You can even say it in text and they'll get it. When Nicole taught me that, it was forever ago. And I did that to some guy who was disrespecting me. I actually even did it in a text. I said, because he was like being very rude. One of the, this guy that I was talking to, it was his friend. Because he like so insecure that he has to be rude to women. Like we get it. You got a micro dick. Like <laughs> get over it. Like you don't have to be so obvious about that small dick energy. And he was being rude to me. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I was like, I'm not sure if you're aware, but cool, but I'm not interested in being spoken to like that. So I just want to make that clear in case you were, you, you weren't aware. 
And then he just stopped saying anything. Because after that, I just also wasn't responding. And Chris Voss also taught me that another thing that you can do when someone's disrespecting you in front of people, you go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I must have really offended you. I'm so sorry. And you think you're acting kind, but really you're embarrassing that person. Because they'll go, wait, what? You're, no, you didn't offend me. I don't care what. And they get defensive. So instead of getting defensive back, like, oh, you're this, you're this, you're this. And then you go, well, no, you're this. You go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I must have really offended you. I apologize. I You just taught me something because I haven't talked Chris to him about Voss that. Chris taught me that. Go Chris Voss. I need, yeah. I, okay, you taught me something. So that's what you do next time. Either you want to really make somebody freaked out and scared but you have to do the way i do it silent but killer quiet dead in the eyes approach them closely wait what you want to know another one yeah okay so i was in like a party setting and someone insulted me in front of someone that i was doing business with and wanted to continue doing business with basically just like implying that i'm like i don't know not talent or something i didn't know what to do but later i told a friend this situation and he told me that if you really want to like put everything on them that with a blank face you just say that's rude (laughs) (laughs) no 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 that's because no because imagine it because then the, (laughs) uh, the other person is like shocked that you're so calm, but also you're pointing out that they're rude and now they have to deal with it. Not yeah, you. then they have to be like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. you're I- not demanding an apology. You're not <laughs> acting erratic. You're not doing anything. You're just saying, that's rude. You're kind of gaslighting them, even though we don't like that word, but that is funny. It's kind of gaslighting. <laughs> How is it gaslighting? It's actually- oh, It I- is rude, actually. It's yeah, rude. Right. That's funny. That's rude. And then the other person, the person, now the third, the now third party is going to look at them and be like, oh yeah, that is rude. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> i like that and i like the one so i like it's either that's rude or oh my god i'm so sorry i must have, like let's say you're being rude to me or you're trying to say i'm not talented and i'll go oh wow i must have really offended you in the past yeah so, so these are really good strategies to use yeah because that person would be like what no you didn't offend me and then now they look stupid and yeah. the last one is oh i'm not interested in being spoken to like that i just want to make that clear you don't even have to say, I just want to make that clear. You can just stop right there. The fewer, I always think the fewer the words, the better, the more powerful you seem. That is true. And it's hard though. It's hard to remember this. I, I, it's, I'm not always perfect in those scenarios. I like lose my cool sometimes. And then afterwards I'm like, wow, regret that. I think we lose our cool the most with people that we're close to and are intimate with. And I think that that's where like you practice doing the work because when it's a stranger or someone that you're working with, you're a little more like vigilant of the way that you're acting Mm -hmm. versus like think about when you get into a fight with a parent. Boom. Yeah. You get reactive. So next to my dad irritates me. I'm like, I'm not interested in spoken to like If you can can (laughs) keep your cool with people that you're close to, you can handle anything. That is good training. Yeah. I need to practice it too. I like that. So speaking of that, then what are some good tips for communicating professionally when you're getting frustrated? So the second you're frustrated, you have to just know you're in an emotional state of mind and decide that when you are in an emotional state of mind, you, unless you feel confident in your delivery, you will not say anything. 
Because the other thing is you might realize that that's actually not a big deal a couple hours or a couple days later. I used to I mean? send work emails emotional. And did I regret that? Not, not when I was an accountant, when I started becoming the talent, uh, me, and I, I would send sometimes emails emotional. And that was a big mistake because afterwards, A, it's in writing now. So that's forever. And I am in trouble. That's a great tip. <laughs> Don't put things in writing. Oh, and another tip is write it down, write it to a friend, call a friend and vent to them and be like, I want to say that like, I call my friend Chloe sometimes and I'm like, I am so annoyed right now. Yeah. I want to say this and this and this. And she goes, don't, don't say that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I think in the work, that's texting, uh, that's with outside of work. So I think in work, work, if the boss, but if the person is right in front of you, I think a good tip would be to say something like, can we circle back on this? That's a great tip. Right? Yeah. I think that's what I would say. Because yeah. if I know I'm frustrated and at this point I need to keep my mouth shut because I'm fuming, I'm going to say, can we circle back on this? So then I can go back to the bathroom and cry. That's where I used to cry. <laughs> and just kind of process my anger before I say something I'll regret. Yeah, that's good advice. Thanks. I just came up with it. Great. That's Thank why you. we have these conversations. Sick. Um, okay. So you're also really good on TikTok with like your relationship advice. So some questions about that. What tips do you have for someone that's constantly chasing relationships with very high highs and very low lows, a.k.a. someone always chasing the highs, which is an issue that I've had. I mean, me and my ex, that's literally what our whole relationship was, highs and lows. Yeah. So, okay, when you're in that state of mind, it's like gambling. Mm -hmm. When you have really low lows, then the second they do send you a text or they call you, it feels like drugs. It feels like you're winning. You're not winning. And that's why you've heard the term breadcrumbing. Yes. Like there were some guy when I was younger, like there were some guys that probably like ignored me or didn't give me the time of day or like would disappear and come back. And the second they even just said, hey, hey, I'm like, yeah. oh my, they said, hey, and guys know this too. They mm -hmm. know when you're that attracted to them and they will use that. And so those relationships, you have to know if you're, first of all, you're insecurely attached at that point. If it's going like this, you're insecurely attached and you're anxious. Ooh, okay. So already not good. You want to be, and I'm sure you've heard of the book Attached by Amir Levine that talks about the different attachment styles. Yeah. You want to be securely attached. That book specifically which studied the attachment styles, it says 
An avoidant person, best with a secure person. And an anxious person, best with a secure person. Because, wow. because the attachment styles are plastic. So, so usually the secure person can be an anchor, but they do have to actually be secure because they probably can become insecure if the anxious person or the avoidant person it's like is. It's a lot, yeah. It's a lot, but it's like, that's why you, you do have to work on your relationships. And I think, I think for the past five years, me personally, I think I avoided relationships altogether and all I thought about was becoming successful. But also you can have different attachment styles with different things in your life. For example, I have a secure attachment style with my friends where I'm not constantly running away from them and I'm not fearful that they're going to leave me and I'm okay with being independent alone. So with my friends and my family, especially nowadays, because I've worked in my relationship with my parents, I have a secure attachment style. In the past, I used to have anxious attachment style with my father and um, always secure attachment style with my friends. Did he have to work on it or did you? I had to work on it because okay. when people get older, once you realize your parents are not heroes, they're just like us and they're regular people and they're just doing their best. And a lot of times people realize this when they have a child because now you're the parent, you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. But it always, the first time I realized my father wasn't invincible and wasn't a superhero when I saw him cry because I've never seen him cry. So I thought he literally, instead of, I didn't understand yet that that's not a good thing. Instead, I looked at him and I said, wow, he's so powerful. He never cries. He never shows emotion. That's like, I want to be like that. that. And the first time I saw him cry, I remember I was in so much shock. Because normally if he ever needed to cry, he would go in the bathroom, go somewhere else. Because his mother just passed away. And his, they were really close. I was really close with his mother as well. And she passed away in a different country. He wasn't able to make it to her. And he was an only child. And like, he, they, he took care of her since, she was, since he was... Um, 18 when his father got beat up to death for being a Jew in jail in Russia. First, his father was sent to jail for being a Jew with a business. And then on his last day, the guards beat him up to death. So that's kind of like the life that they would have. Um, but my dad was like looking through pictures and he was crying and I literally froze. I looked at him in shock. It was like seeing my superhero have not have their powers. Because to me, having no emotional like showing any emotions was a power yeah i thought that was the i thought that was strength so you had to learn vulnerability it took me years to learn vulnerability and that's why i've explained before in one of my other podcasts that for me intimacy and all those things i'm very new like i'm i'm a newborn with those things and it's embarrassing to admit it but it's the truth like i'm only learning about all that stuff now like oh i like touch or intimacy is important and like how to have intimacy with people and all that stuff um, but yeah, the first time I saw him cry was the first time I found out my dad wasn't a superhero. He has emotions too, which was very shocking to me. And then, so when I got older and the help of daddy issues, helping me find my confidence, it was the first time that I realized that I wasn't scared anymore of rejection, especially for my father. And a lot of people don't understand that concept. It's confusing because like rejection from your dad, you're not dating him. But like if you guys don't have parents who had those type of cold coldness you don't understand to the point that if the thought of telling my dad i didn't want I, I was scared of being rejected my dad like wanting to hug him or like kiss him and then he'd be like ew don't touch me that would be because we've never done it so that would be my thought process but one day i realized when i was secure that's where the attachment cells come in when i was secure when i became secure with myself and having a secure attachment cell with family and friends i realized i don't care if my dad rejects me 
if tomorrow he's gone, I want him to know that I love him because it's still nice to hear I love you, even if you don't hear back. If I'm secure enough with myself, I know my dad loves me. He shows it in other ways. I understand it now because there's different love languages. I didn't understand it before. And he wasn't showing me the love that I needed for based on my love language, but he showed in his own way by service. That was his love language. I get that now. So that's when I realized and I started doing it and it, it was slow. It was more, I started when we get off, we're about to get off the phone and I'll be like, wait, dad. And he's like, what? I'm like, uh, I love you. And it's silence on the line. Silence, silence, hang up. But, wow. Because he wasn't ready for it yet. But I didn't get offended because it wasn't about me. I said, it'll get there. Because I knew when you, we get older, what you guys have to realize is that people are set in their ways the older we get. We already, in our, when you hit 30, you already start being set in your ways. So your parents are set in their ways. You can't change them, but you can change yourself and you can change the dynamic. And you can also be understanding like, oh, my parents may not change, but I'm going to love them regardless. And I'm going to change it. So it was, it was just like silence on the line. Then I remember it slowly started being like, um, hey, dad, I love you. And you'd be like, me too. That was that. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Then eventually it was like, I love you too. And then now when we have phone calls, before we hang up, my dad's like, okay, okay, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Like he says it before I say it. And then same with hugging. It was like. So you created that behavior by saying it so much. By being okay with rejection because I was secure. Wait, I had a secure attachment. That's a really, really powerful lesson that I feel like we need to take into. Relationships? Yeah. Let me tell you why. <laughs> because you're talking to someone, as you know, I've been like completely I didn't, I wasn't trying to date, none of that. But the one piece of advice that people keep giving me over and over again is like, take a risk. Tell, if you like a guy, tell a guy you like him. I have a, a girlfriend who's married who on the first date told the guy, did you feel that? That's yeah, and, and now she's married to him. And oh, so wow. like, so what you did with your dad, that's just such a, to me, it's like such a powerful thing that yeah. you because they always say if you're wise you change yourself first yeah wow i love I, that there, there's a roomy quote that says that um a little more poetically but yeah if you're wise you change yourself first um okay so you said one of the biggest red flags while dating is when someone has nothing good to say about any of their exes why is that something that we should look out for so first i mean i agree with that someone talks shit about their ex like babe you're next and they're gonna talk about you yeah too. it's like the second a guy is like oh sh my ex was crazy it's like first of all you were with her for a significant amount of time so what role did you play in that and yeah. second of all why can't you just admit that someone was lovely and has good qualities and just be like but she wasn't for me it's it just shows class because somebody who talks about their ex like that guess what happens the second you get into a fight with them bro She's such a bitch. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, I've yeah. yeah. It's like that it's it just shows it just shows it's a bad sign. It's yeah. indicative of like future bad behavior. Um What are uh, some red flags in, in general relationships to look out for that you, you think? I know we've talked about this, but the like the love bombing, the I know, I don't like the I don't like using the term. Narcissist. I don't like using that term either. What about love bombing? But just like someone who's 
who's going out of their way in like the craziest ways, spending a lot of money, um, taking you on trips right away before they even know you. It's one thing if you've like had intimate moments together, but if you haven't, what do you think they're trying to get with that? What You know what I mean? They're literally being transactional. I had an interview with Robert Greene, who I think, again, you know, perfect would be perfect guest on this podcast. He said, gifts are a really good indicator of whether someone is right for you or not. He said, anyone can get you roses or diamonds or the things that we're taught that we're supposed to buy. Anyone can do that. We like, I could get a guy if he's into basketball, you know, sporting tickets or whatever. Okay. But, but that's, but the thing is, he said, pay attention to the types of gifts they give because if they give you something generic, then they're not really thinking about you, your thoughts, your interests, your hobbies. But if they get you a concert ticket to your favorite oh. artist that they don't even like, or if, they pay attention to the books that you read and they arrange, you know, a meeting with that author or or something like that. They're paying attention to your world, what you're interested in and not just, oh, let me just get her something expensive. Or the same way, like the I, I hesitated because the the um like tickets to a basketball game actually would have been a really good gift to a guy who does like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, wait, that's not a good example. Got it. That does that does make sense. Um, what about like the love bombing? I feel like it's a tricky thing because I recently when I was looking at TikToks and it was like all about guys love bombing and all these girls complaining about them. And yeah. I was going through the TikToks and, I'm, and I was mortified because I was like, wait, this is how I talk. And I was mortified to realize that I love bomb and like. I'm not a narcissist. I'm not a mean person. I don't have bad intentions. I just want to be loved and I'm going to give love. But I'm struggling to understand that because I'm, like I said, I'm a newborn with it. I love bomb people. How though? Because I get so excited sometimes when I have a connection with someone, it's very hard for me to connect with people. So I, and it was interesting because when I saw those TikToks, it kind of made me realize about my behavior and how to kind of stop. But I sometimes, I went from not sharing my emotions or my feelings to now being able to do it. And I get so excited with it because I'm so new. And when I have a connection, I'll be like, you're so beautiful, you're so hot. Like, I'm so into you right now. Like, like, and I'll be like, oh my God, um, like you're gonna fall in love with me when we hang out. Like I say all these things and then and then I'll randomly text a person and be like, I'm just thinking about like how hot you are. You're so sexy. Or I'll be like you over everyone else. And literally have to even hang out with someone one time. But I really do feel that those emotions. And then I run. What reaction do you get when you say that stuff? They love it. Because then I do make the mistake where the, the smallest thing happens and I freak out and I'm like, did I rush into it? Did I make a mistake? Oh my God, I need to take a step back. And my insecurities start to kick in. I go from being my confident self and saying how I feel in the moment to suddenly thinking with my brain and being like, was this a mistake? And then that's where I go, oh, you know what? I think we should slow down, which is literally what all the TikToks were about the men doing this, which was so mind blowing to me because I'm like, there's no reason for me to do that. I Wait, can I just say one yeah. thing? But how soon do you say you're going to fall in love with me? Because if it's too soon, then it's premature because you don't know that person. I know. I literally say before I even hang out the first time. But I say as a flirting, as a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the love bombing is more like, you're so hot, I'm so into you. But I think that's normal to say I'm so into you. 
Okay, I can't tell anymore because on TikTok, like everyone, everyone has autism. Everyone's a narcissist. I'm, t- I'm telling you, <laughs> like everyone love bombs. So everything I see, like it literally messed with me when I watched those TikToks. And I wanted to tell someone I was into them, and then I was holding back now because I was scared to somehow hurt them. Because I'm like, what if I change my mind tomorrow, or like I want to take a step back, like I'm going to do, like I'm like because of TikTok. Okay, for so the thing with TikTok is. On, on one end, you'll find a video that gives you like advice that says, don't love bomb, don't do this. Then you'll yeah. find another one on another end of TikTok that's be like, show interest, yeah. be open, so be vulnerable. So, so it's like, what do you do? But I think, I think what works is, okay, being vulnerable, showing that you're interested but also not leaning too heavy on it because you want it to build. I'm the so intense, slow- I don't know how to do that. That, it's my biggest problem and then i think like with the right person like but it's like you guys but i feel like there's energy but i feel like you're screwing yourself when you do that because you're building the guy if you don't know him that well you're building him up in your head and then you're giving him that and then it's like okay where do you go from there you're supposed to build the love build the trust build, yeah. the, build the intimacy build now i'm like overly honest so like i literally slept with someone and then i was like you know what i, I don't i i need to I'm like, I made a mistake and I realize that now I need to take a step back because I, I, I confuse intimacy with sex and I know it's not the same thing. And I don't, and, and then I, I'm like, and then I can't see the people I'm talking to or dating clearly. So right now I feel like I'm not seeing you clearly and I need to st- take a step back because I think I'm too confused. I think that's mature. What was, oh, it what, is? what was his reaction? Yeah, because... Well, I thought that was just me running away again and him like chasing me. No, because you still want to get to know him. You just want to put sex on the side for a little bit, which I think, look, as a girl, I do that, which is why I have a hard time sleeping with someone right away because I know if I do it, I'm I'm in love. Literally, (laughs) I have sex. I'm like, I I (laughs) will marry you. (laughs) I have sex and I'm like, is this love? (laughs) <laughs> is that real love yeah, right now yeah like i wasn't into the guy before but all, but all my them. most of my girlfriends have that same experience like they'll sleep with a guy and they'll be like i think he's the one i literally picked a guy that was visiting that was here on holiday that was here for a week and i said i need to finally have sex so i can get over the other guy i'm not over over because i know it's because i had sex with him and months lingering and i said i will purposely have sex with the guy who doesn't live here in order to to not fall in love with him because at this point i'm not capable of falling in love with someone who lives in london and i said that is the man i will have sex with a because i'm attracted to emotionally unavailable people but b <laughs> i said that is literally the only way i won't fall in love with him on accident because he doesn't live here and what happened i didn't care for him when he came to my house then i decided to have sex with him last minute we have sex and i was looking at him and then i was just like should i go to london oh that my see like, that that's what like, happens should to I us visit him <laughs> should i move are in? you going to <laughs> not anymore you know the story yeah true so so yeah i mean that's just just it's good to be honest with ourselves about it you know but i think what we're trying to say is that as long as you're self-aware that's when you can be on top like yes. nicole and i are very self-aware so we know that we catch feelings false feelings false reality because we love love and if we sleep with someone we don't see them clearly and i even thought that if i finally find someone that doesn't even live here and i can sleep and enjoy them then i won't 
suddenly accidentally jump into a relationship with them and guess what happened we suddenly start conversing like in a relationship and then we start fighting like a relationship we knew yes. each other for a week yeah i'm already thinking there how do i go to london to visit a guy that went down on me like as if i need to spend ten thousand dollars for a guy to just go down on me again like oh come God. on <laughs> yeah but okay i i just want to go back to the one point that you said which i love is that yeah we're self-aware and yeah. that's the important part you can do whatever you want your body your choice but if you know that you're going to get attached, if you know you're going to get hurt, then know that there will be consequences when you sleep with someone early. That's all. Yeah. And I'm realizing now that sex is not intimacy, which means that, yeah, after you do like you want to get off, you're like, it's so fun in the moment. But then you realize like, wait, this person is a complete stranger. And it, it, it does make me think like, because like me and this guy suddenly start arguing afterwards and it's confusing. Oh yeah, because we may not fucking like each other. He's actually irritating me or we have different love languages uh, or I don't like that he does this and this. I didn't, and in my brain, because I slept with him, I'm like thinking, how do I fix this? Versus like, maybe we're just not a match. And I would have probably had a moment to realize that before I slept with him if I actually got to know him. Yeah. So I think that is also very important. That does make me realize, going back to realizing like, Sometimes sleeping with somebody too fast is a mistake. Maybe n maybe not for other people, but for me, I think then you're able to be level-headed and clear-minded to be like, wait, there's certain traits do I, I like get a, Yeah, or, or do I get along do with I this person get along as with a this friend? Person. And even right now, I was so confused why we're disagreeing because I'm like, oh, we had such a... And he even says like, we had such a great time, so I don't understand what's happening. And I was confused by it too, was having a conversation about it right now. We had a great time because we had sex. Yeah. So the great time was the sex, him inside of me. But like us having a miscommunication ba is based on how we communicate. So that's why we're not having a good time because we don't know each other at all. And I think he also got confused because he, for a second he felt like he knew me. And that's why he doesn't understand why I'm not understanding him. It's like, no, because I don't fucking know you. And you live in London. This is not working out for me. It's not working. But maybe, we'll, maybe I'll move in. Who knows? I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Um, okay, so what's your favorite quote? Aside from the quotes you already said. Having perfected our disguise, we spend our lives searching for someone we don't fool. That is so beautiful. Isn't it? That we craft our image and we have the mask and we know we want to show people. Like, I know how I want to act in all settings. But the reality is I want someone who, like, knows me, who I am, what frustrates me, what makes me laugh, like... They just get me. And yeah, there's... what we don't realize is that people who just get you is because you allow them in. We forget about that part. We're so stuck in our ways, especially when we get older, and we just expect people to fall into our lives, into our schedule. And then we want people to get us without realizing that that takes work. We forget. Like, if you don't, like, that's where my mom comes in, and that's where she said, like, if you keep pretending to be someone else, then you're always going to feel like no one understands you. And I agree with that. As much as you can have a disguise, if I don't tell you that this hurts me, for example, you How and would I, I didn't know. Yeah, something hurt me. You didn't know. And you know me so well, but you, my disguise fooled you in that moment. You get me, though. But in that moment, you didn't get me. And I needed to tell you. So in order to f build that intimacy is what I'm learning is that it's not just by spreading my legs. <laughs> I actually have to also spread my mouth. <laughs> But like with words. Yes. <laughs> and well like, said. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that way when I put on my disguise, 
I already allow this person. I already let this person in with intimacy so they can see through me. And they know now, like, she's hurting. She actually needs me. Like, you, like I've said this before. Like, usually, a lot of the time when, when, you're, when someone's the angriest or when someone shuts down and doesn't want to talk about it, it's usually when that person is crying for help the most, in my opinion. Yeah. I, there was a quote I read that, mm-hmm. that said, a woman's silence is her loudest cry. I don't think it just applies to women. I, just, I don't think it applies to women. Yeah, so but that's like what it said. And I was like, I thought, hmm, true, but it doesn't just apply to women. The other quote that I want to share is, you're only crazy until it works. Then you're a genius. Oh, I love that quote. Isn't that so good? It's yes. like, all right, yeah, maybe you, your dreams or whatever may seem too big or whatever, but once you make it, everyone will be like, oh, dude, like, you're a genius. That's so true. You know? It's kind of like when I, years ago, before I started Daddy Issues, I first created a dating blog and I was writing about my experience about dating how me and this other girl were dating my boyfriend at the same time on accident and how that can happen, how you should actually, like, you should become friends with the other girl and you guys should gang against the guy, like, whatever it was. And I remember there was this girl who was a journalist and a writer who always had her own insecurities. She was a very insecure person, but I didn't read it. I didn't understand it yet, but I was, I was already insecure about my writing. I'm dyslexic. English is my third language. I was never a good speaker when I was younger because um, I would stutter. I have a speech impediment. So I would stutter my words and it was all that. So the thought of, and I wasn't good in English class with essay writing for what in school you needed. I'm good at writing now for like relationships and things like that. But anyway, I started the blog for fun. And that girl went to one of my friends and she said, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. What is she doing? I was mortified and I was like, she's right. I deleted the blog. I didn't even think twice about it. Then years later, I created daddy issues. Most people didn't know about it except close friends. And it was anonymous. And she, the same bitch, went to my friend, same friend. And she said, oh my God, what is she doing? That's so embarrassing. But guess what? I didn't care because I believed in it. So to her, it was crazy. But I believed in it. And I said, no, this is something. And this is the only thing that's saving me from crippling depression and from my current job and my current reality. I don't care anymore what she thinks. And guess what? Then it was like, wow, I can't believe she did that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And that's the best feel. But you ha- when you put yourself out there, you just have to know that the criticism is going to come. Yeah. and I, It and just I, will. I've said this in another solo episode this month, basically about how the road to success can be very lonely. And there's going to be times in your life where you are going to go on your own and no one else is going to believe in yourself and you. And if you allow those criticism, then you'll never succeed. There's sometimes going to be a lonely road to success when no one else believes in you, but you have to believe in yourself and then you'll get there. Mic drop. Oh, okay. Anyway, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nicole Benham. It's B E H. N-A-M, people always get the spelling wrong. On Instagram, I'm at N-I-C-C-C-B, triple C-B. I really should just make all my handles the same, <laughs> but I... But I yeah, you're first, so good with social media, yet you have different... Okay. No, I know, I know. No, you're right. I mean, I say it every time I'm on a podcast or something. And then on TikTok, I... And also beyond. Oh, beyond the interview is at beyond the interview on she, Instagram. She always put, they always post uh, the most hap- like the most uh, viral trending tweets, the most trending tweets. They post like a few you swipe through and then they always start a conversation in the, uh, in comment the comments section. Yeah. 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 
And then on TikTok, I'm just ask Nick, A-S-K-N-I-C. And that's it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You guys follow her and everything. DM her for advice. Um, if you have an NFT collection that you think is popping, maybe she'll consider you. So reach out to her. <laughs> we'll see. Um, except that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It really just didn't feel like we were recording. It felt like I was just having a- I know. I know.